And let's just spell it out for you. E-C-H-O-P-L-E-X. They put me in a fucking magazine. Welcome to the Plex. We do the show live every Sunday, 7 p.m. Pacific, right here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. Um, you can support this project, of course, at Patreon, patreon.com slash Echoplex. We did get a new patron this week, and uh, I already forgot who they are, uh, Tyler something. Anyway, thank you for <clears throat> subscribing on Patreon. The other place you can subscribe, get the same stuff the patrons get, is at eplex.store. If you're a Twitch sub, you get uh, 25% off of your subscription there. And also you get a discount for any of the merch in our shop. So I think it's a little better than Patreon, but a lot of people have been using Patreon for a long time. And so we're not uh, going to take that down anytime soon, even though we're not exactly killing it over there on Patreon. Thanks to everybody on Twitch who supports this channel through uh, bits, 
subs, gift subs, uh, direct donations. That's uh, where uh, a good amount of our income comes from for the show. Also, of course, shout out to Fourth Wall. They are the best merch provider we've ever had. And uh, we actually make money on merch now. And uh, we'll make a few bucks on ads for the intellectual Dollar Tree. So thanks to the sometimes hundreds of thousands of people who listen to that show for whatever reason. It allows us to get, get a little bit of ad revenue from our podcast. So this week is going to be another week where the show, we're just going to hit the ground running. It's probably going to be about a two-hour uh, podcast version of the show because I couldn't separate things out in any sort of meaningful way to do an upfront hour. So uh, people get uh, a little bit of extra. And uh, on the podcast feed, you'll maybe hear a little bit more of what the live show's like. Because I'm not going to sit here for two hours and not respond to anything anyone says in chat. Um, <clears throat> real quick, uh, Tuesday night, we're going to go live. It's not down ballot and local love though. Local love's still around. There's a local love podcast just dropped this last week. You can get it on YouTube or your podcatchers. We had a band called Goldview on. It was great. We're just not doing that one live anymore, but Tuesday night, there's a, an evening meeting of the Shasta County board of supervisors. So we're going to watch that live. I believe Lisa, uh, also known as Monocle girl or our uh, lovely lawyer lady will be uh, back joining me. She was here last night for conspiracy bingo. Catterday, a toughed it out a little bit, dealt with the fucking absolute craziness of that, and that was a lot of fun. It'll be good to have her because she, uh, you know, she lives up there, so she'll have a bit of a unique perspective on what's going on. And the evening meetings of the Shasta County Board of Supervisors are always a shit show. And I think it's been a long time since we've actually done one live. So, uh, bang docket in the chat to get our story list for the week. And if you're listening on the podcast, of course, you can just grab the uh, docket from the show notes. If the show notes aren't showing up on your podcatcher, uh, let me know. I found out that there was one podcatcher where it wasn't showing up and I was able to remedy it fairly quickly. So this first one, I just didn't know where to put. So I put it first. I was like really unsure of where to put this absolute legendary camera work. This is from the, uh, the NRA summit or whatever that happened. I believe it was uh, during the week. And this is a uh, governor, Christy Nome of uh, South Dakota. Now, I probably don't look like a traditional NRA member. The media would have us believe that the NRA is only made up of old white guys. And all you old white guys can be proud and raise your hands. But there's a lot of other people, a lot of diversity within the NRA. Well, let me tell you something. I may be a mom and a grandma, but I am the NRA. <laughs> fucking hero ass cameraman or camera camera operator hero ass camera operator look at that you're not if you're on the pod and you didn't see the video the camera just panned to the crowd and it was just rock solid like waiting for the early bird special at sizzler crowd it was fucking amazing hero hero work by the camera person over there at c-span <laughs> fuck yeah so I put that first because I didn't know where else to put it. Um, <clears throat> this one's uh, this clip's a little bit longer, and I wasn't sure if it would was going to work out for the tech show that we do. Speaking of which, uh, check out how the tech are you. Um, and it wasn't maybe right for the intellectual Dollar Tree, so I just stuck it kind of at the beginning here on the Plex. This is Neelai Patel, uh, founder and editor in chief at The Verge. Generally, a pretty good place to get information. And the Verge cast is great. This is from his uh, interview show Decoder. And he's talking to the Substack CEO about content moderation. And this is, this is just, it's quite bad. It's about, it's about 10 minutes. We usually don't run clips this long during the uh, podcast part of the Plex. But I thought this was important enough to make sure that he 
that this got out on one of our podcast feeds. Uh, shout out to Neli and everybody over there at The Verge. The, y- y'all are y'all do really good work uh, reporting on tech. All right, last question on notes. Notes is the most consumery feature, right? You're you're saying it's inheriting a bunch of expectations from the consumer social platforms, whether or not you really want it to, right? It's inheriting the expectations of Twitter, even from Twitter itself. It's inheriting the expectations that you should be able to flirt with people and not have to subscribe to their email lists. In that spectrum of content moderation, it's the top. It's the tip of the spear. The expectations are you will moderate that thing just like any big social platform will moderate. Up until now, you've had the out of being able to say, look, we are an enterprise software provider. Like, If people don't want to pay for this newsletter that's full of anti-vax information, fine. If people don't want to pay or subscribe to this newsletter where somebody has harsh views on trans people, fine. That's the choice. The market will do it. And because you're the enterprise software provider, you've had some cover. You run the social network that inherits all the expectations of the social network. People start posting that stuff and the feed is algorithmic and that's what gets engagement. That's a real problem for you, right? Have you thought about how you're going to moderate notes? <laughs> we think about this stuff a lot. You might be, you might be surprised. <laughs> I know you, you do, but like the, this is oh, the fucking te- this typical tech answer, right? It's the Mark Zuckerberg answer. It's, oh, we're thinking about this a lot and we're trying to connect people. Different. Sh- this is a very different product. Here's how I think about this, um, is that Substack is neither an enterprise software provider nor a social network in the way that we're, you know, in the mold that we're used to experiencing them. Our our self-conception, the thing that we are attempting to build, and I think if you look at at the constituent pieces, in fact, the emerging reality is we are a new thing called a subscription network. Where people are yes, a new thing called a subscription network. No one has ever subscribed to things before Substack. Being directly to others, where the the order in the system is sort of like emergent from the empowered, not just the readers but also the writers. And we believe that we can make something different and better than what came before with social with social networking. The way that I think about this is, you know, if we draw a distinction between moderation and censorship, right? Where moderation is, hey, I want to be a part of a community of a place where, you know, it's there's a vibe or there's a set of rules or there's a set of norms or there's an expectation of what I'm going to see and not see that is good for me. And the thing that I'm coming to is going to like try to enforce that set of rules versus censorship where you come and say, although you may want to be a part of this thing and this other person may want to be a part of it too. And you may want to talk to each other and send emails. A third party is going to step in and say, you shall not do that. We shall prevent that. And I think with the legacy social networks, the way that that business model has pulled those feeds to be is that it's pulled them ever closer, right? There, there hasn't been an, a great idea for how do we do moderation without censorship. And I think in a subscription network that becomes possible. How? I mean, I just want to be clear. If somebody shows up on Substack and says all brown people are animals and they shouldn't be allowed in America, you're going to censor that. That's like, that's just flatly against your terms of service. So we do have a terms of service that, that you know, have narrowly prescribed, uh, you know, things that are not allowed on the platform. That one They're- I'm pretty sure is just flatly against your terms <laughs> of service. You would not allow that one. That's why I picked it. I think so. There's There are extreme <laughs> cases, right? <laughs> Oh, this guy's an idiot. The guy that runs Substack is an idiot. This is like a layup. 
this is this is like this is like i am giving you the easiest moderation problem to just be like oh yeah we don't allow that right and i'm not going to get into like the the way hold on in america in 2023 that is not so extreme right we should not allow as many brown people in the country not so extreme do you allow that on Substack? Would you allow that on Substack notes? I think the like the way that we think about this is we want to put the writers and the readers in charge. No, I, w- right? I really want you to answer that question. Is that allowed on Substack notes? We should not allow brown people in the country. I'm not going to get into gotcha content you, moderation. Questions. This is not a gotcha. I'm a brown person. Do you think people on Substack <laughs> should say I should get kicked out of the country? I'm not going to engage in you know content moderation. Would you or want you this or that? That one is black and white. I, mean, I just want to be clear. I've talked to a lot of social network CEOs, and they would they would have no hesitation telling me that that was against their their moderation rules. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna get into specific. You know, would you or won't you content moderation Why? questions? Why? I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a, a a useful way to talk about this stuff. But it's the thing that you have to do. Right? I mean, you have to make these decisions. This is silence. The way that we think about this is, yes, there is going to be a terms of service. We are going to have, you know, a, a, we have content policies that are deliberately tuned to allow lots of things that we disagree with, that we, you know, strongly disagree with. We think we have a strong commitment to freedom of speech, freedom of the press. We think these are you know, essential ingredients in a free society. We think that it would be a failure for us to build a new kind of network that can't support those ideals. And we want to design the network in a way where people are in control of their experience, where they're able to do that stuff. We're at the very early innings of that. We don't have all the answers for how those things will work. We are making a new thing. And we are, you know, literally we launched this thing one day ago. We're going to have to figure a lot of this stuff out. Uh, I, I don't think it's... You have, to figure that, you, you have to figure out, should we allow overt racism on Substack Nets? You have to figure that out. No, I'm not going to engage in <laughs> you know, specific, would you allow this or that content question. You know, this is, you know, we know the answer. The answer is yes, we're going to allow this. That's what he's, he's not saying it, but we know the answer is yeah, actually. We have, there's a tons of racist newsletters on our website. And if we do like a, basically a Twitter clone built into it, we're going to allow the same shit. That's the answer. That's why this guy's not answering because he doesn't feel like he can say yes, but he knows he can't say no either. It's a very bad response to this question, right? You're, you're aware that you've, you've blundered into this. You should just say no. And I'm, I'm wondering what's keeping you from just saying no. I have a blanket. I don't think it's useful to get into like, would you allow this or that thing on Substack? If I read you your own terms of service, will you agree that this prohibition is in that terms of service? I I don't think that's a useful exercise. Okay. I'm granting you the out, right? That when you're the email service provider, you should have a looser moderation rule. There are a lot of my listeners and a lot of people out there who do not agree with me on that. I'll give you that out that as the email service provider, you can have looser moderation rules because that is sort of a market driven thing. But when you're the consumer product, my belief is that you should have higher moderation rules. And so I'm just wondering, applying the blanket, I understand why that's your answer in the past. I'm wondering why you, 
it's it just like there's a piece here that I'm missing of now it's the consumer product. You are, Do you, you not are, think that it should have a different set of moderation standards? You are free to have that belief. And I do think it's possible that there will be different moderation standards. I do think it's an interesting thing. I think the place that we maybe differ is you're coming at this from a point where you think that if something is, because something is bad, if- let's Yeah, somebody in chat said that this isn't a good use of time answer is infuriating because actually if you're being interviewed, the interviewer thinks it's a good use of time to ask the question to possibly get the answer or they wouldn't ask the fucking question. I grant that this thing is a terrible, bad thing. Yeah, that I think you should grant that this idea is bad. That therefore, um, that therefore, censorship of it is the most effective tool to prevent that. And I think we've run, in my estimation, over the past you know f- five years, however long it's been, a grand experiment in the idea that uh, pervasive censorship successfully combats ideas that the owners of platforms don't like. And my read is that that hasn't actually worked. That hasn't been a success. Um, It hasn't caused those ideas not to exist. It hasn't built trust. It hasn't ended polarization. It hasn't done any of those things. And I don't think that taking the, the approach that the legacy platforms has taken and expecting it to have different outcomes is just obviously the right answer the way that you seem to be presenting it to be. Um, and I don't think that's a question of like, is no, I think, some, no, wait, obje- hold on. some particular objection. I understand the philosophical right argument. or wrong. Wait, I want to be clear. I think government speech regulations are horrible, right? I think that's bad. I don't think there should be government censorship in this country, but I think companies should state their values and go out into the marketplace and live up to their values. And I think the platform companies for better or worse have missed it on their values a lot for a variety of reasons. And when I ask you this question, right, it's, do you make software to spread abhorrent views that allows abhorrent views to spread? That's just a statement of values. That's why you have a terms of service. I know that there's stuff that you want a last subsect to be used for because I can read it in your terms of service. And that feels like not a big philosophical conversation about freedom of speech, which I will have the drop of a hat as as listeners to the show know, but actually you saying, you know what? I don't want to state my values. And I'm just wondering why that is. I think the conversation about freedom of speech is the essential conversation to have. I don't think this, like this, this, let me play a gotcha and ask this or that is you are, but Substack is not the government. Right, Substack is a company that competes in the marketplace. Substack is not the government, and but it we still believe that it's essential to promote freedom of the press and freedom of speech. We don't think that that is a thing that's limited to. So Substack notes becomes overrun by racism and transphobia. That's fine with you. We're going to have to work very hard to make Substack notes be a great place to have you know the the readers and the writers be in charge, where you can have you know, the kinds of conversations that you find valuable. Um, that's the, that's the exciting challenge that we have ahead of us. What do you want it to be? I want it to be not any one thing. This is something that I see, uh, of Substack as a whole. If you look at the leaderboards on Substack, if you look at what's successful on Substack, it looks to me like sort of an index fund of culture. Um, it's not the place for anyone. You know, everybody has ideas that Substack is, is, you know, it's for 
famous journalists who struck out on their own, or it's for this or that, they have some pocket of people that, that they know of. But I think if Substack can live up to the grand ambition that we have for it, it will not feel like one monolithic place that has one set of rules that has one, uh, you know, one vibe or one overarching thing, but it'll feel like a place where, you know, every Substack is its own island as it is today, where you can have your own rules for your community, where you can have your, you know, you can set quite strict rules. You're operating within the very loose sort of like overall platform wide rules. Um, and where, writers and readers exercise their freedom to make those spaces feel very different and to have different experiences. How does that express itself in Substack notes, right? If I post a note and I don't want people to participate in a certain way, do I have the moderation tools to prevent that from happening? Yes. Today, they're very, they're pretty basic. You can mute people, you can block people. We're very shortly going to be adding the ability to like limit replies to paying subscribers of your Substack. And I think there's a lot more that we can do beyond those basic tools as we build this thing out in partnership with the people that are using it uh, to give you more and more power to shape your experience and the experience around the things you make. If someone wants to set a set of moderation standards on Substack notes for their community, that runs right into your terms of service, how do you make that determination? I mean, we review it compared to the terms of service. Who does that review? Uh, we have a team and ultimately we, the founders do it if it, if it is a big question. Okay. I mean, this runs into the, well, I would say the standard decoder questions. Substack, the last time I talked to you was 20 people. I think it's around 90 now. You had some layoffs, but it's around that size, right? 80. 80. Uh, how many of those people are trust and safety folks? A handful. Okay. And there's a bunch of stuff that any standard size platform has to really contend with, right? Copyright infringement. I'm assuming I can't just post uh, the full Moana movie to Substack notes, right? Of course. How are you, how are you handling that stuff? Um, we're following the DMCA process. Okay. And is that automated or do you have like a set of people do it? Some, you know, like at some scale, like YouTube has an army of people that manage the DMCA. Yeah, it's a combination. And do you think that's going to scale as quickly as it has to have hit scale for every other platform? Like this is an escalating set of moderation costs, right? Is like DMCA compliance all on its own is an ever escalating set of compliance costs for every social network. Yeah, I think as we scale, there's going to continue to be, you know, all of these things. We're going to we're going to have to solve these problems. We're not going to have them, I think, in the exact same way that others others experience them. A big one is spam. Like a lot of people want to come and spam. Like that's yeah. a real thing. That's a thing that we have to, to deal with. We have the option to look at what's come before and structure the network in ways that make that structurally harder. But even given that it's not like it's, it's, there's no, you know, there's no silver bullet solution. There is going to be, we're going to have to have mitigation efforts that happen. Yo, that guy wouldn't answer the question. I know that was a little longer than the clips we usually play on the the Sunday show or whatever, but like that, that guy was just like, he was trying so hard to do a Mark Zuckerberg. But the thing is, the difference is that guy wasn't willing to do what Zuckerberg's willing to do. Zuckerberg's willing to just fucking lie to you. That guy could have just lied. He could have just said, no, we're not going to allow that. That's not allowed on Substack right now. We know that that's not true, that it is allowed on Substack. But what I think's going on here is this guy's trying to up the ante on what's happening on Twitter. I think that's his goal. And he's not going to state that as his goal because they need to, they're still like trying to get investors, right? 
They're not public. They don't have stock. They're right now trying to get more people to invest in Substack. And if this guy just comes out and goes, actually, you see what's kind of happening over on Twitter where it's like all the racists and the, the anti-trans people and stuff are getting like their, their signal boosted by the algorithm and a bunch of people bunch of people that were banned were let back on so long as they had never criticized Elon Musk personally, which is why, by the way, Alex Jones isn't on there because Alex Jones has gone after Elon Musk quite a few times and Elon Musk has a bit of a thin skin. So he's not going to say that. So he could have just lied and said, no, this isn't allowed, but he doesn't even have the fucking stones to lie. The dude's an idiot. The dude is fucking stupid and he's an asshole. And so of course he runs Substack. You know, Substack was the place where all of the fucking anti-vaxxers went. That's what made Substack huge was during the pandemic, all the anti-vaxxers and COVID contrarians and whatever were over on Substack. So if he does like a Twitter clone, that's what the Twitter clone is going to be. It's going to be fucking transphobia and all that shit, too. It's going to be transphobia, homophobia. That's that's going to be what fucking rises to the top of this, what they're calling uh, Substack notes, which is just, uh, just a Twitter clone. And as well, he should be Elon Musk is terrified of this, right? He like Elon Musk lashed out at Substack this week, this week, or was it last week where he wasn't allowing like people to like or post links to Substack and shit because he was like claiming that they stole the Twitter database. But no, he mad about Substack notes because it's going to up the ante on what's going on on Twitter. It's going to like bridge. It's going to be more like, it's going to be like gab, but like people are going to be doing this with like a lot of academic window dressing, but it's going to be the same concepts you see on gab. This is going to be a shit show. I started a Substack. I posted a bunch of our articles on there, but I just want to see what's going on on notes. Like that's what I'm going to be doing uh, tomorrow and possibly part of Tuesday is just poking my, poking my head around and seeing what's going on on Substack notes. Cause it's, I guarantee you it's a shit show. It's absolute fucking shit show. And that's what this guy wants, I think, but he can't come out and say it. And I don't think it's going to be that popular. I think people are going to, prefer twitter over it just because they're already on twitter it's not going to offer you anything twitter's not offering it's it's just going to like be an amplification of everything that's bad with twitter but it's all going to be fucking Substack weirdos like it's gonna be like matt taibbi and fucking barry weiss and fucking all the fucking idw hangers on and fucking like i don't know there's just going to be just the worst fucking people and they're going to be the most popular and it's going to be it's going to be a shit show and i'm fucking here for it i am fucking here for it um, that's why I sleep in every day, a little bit of self-care. Now, unfortunately we have to move on to the, uh, what I'm calling the, uh, TYT, why I left the left arc. And I chose the piece of content that I, that I've chosen here, um, for a specific reason, like all the, like all the kind of original stuff that, that launched this is like, well-known everybody saw the clips of, of Anna like getting real mad basically that people had corrected her and, and said, Hey, you know, you're sort of, even though we don't think that you share the beliefs of these reactionaries, you're sort of spreading their message and they're all latching on to what you're saying. So Jenk went on Dan Abrams live to speak about the, the hubbub around this. And he's basically saying that, uh, people clapping back at Anna essentially is uh, helping the far right. And this is a little bit longer than we usually run, but it's five minutes and I haven't seen it. So let's see what's up here. When thinking about fire breathing liberals, not moderates, but unadulterated and highly outspoken lefties, one of the first names you have to think of is Cenk Uger. 
the founder of the Young Turks, which was one of the first liberal digital media giants and now has more than 5 million subscribers on YouTube, more than 6 billion views. It bills itself as the largest online news show in the world. So when Cenk speaks against the far left, I listen. And that's what happened recently when a well-known progressive stalwart, Anna Kasparian, a co-host of the Young Turks, tweeted, quote, I'm a woman. Please don't ever refer to me as a person with a uterus, birthing person, or person who menstruates. How do people not realize how degrading this is? You can support the transgender community without doing this, you know, you get it. Now to most people who don't live in a Twitter bubble, this would seem so obvious that it's not even worth saying. The problem here is that nobody's like at, at a party or whatever, at a very nice dinner party, probably in Anna's uh, gated community. Nobody's ever like, Jay, introduce me to that uh, person with a uterus over there. These are like medical terms. They're used like almost exclusively in like clinical, clinical literature. Dang. But those who do live in the Twitter bubble descended, calling her a Karen, a transphobe, a turf, by the way, is a new term I learned, which is apparently slang for trans-exclusionary radical feminists. Wait, you do a news show and you just learned the term TERF? Intended as a slur used by some woke activists. It is not a slur. It is, first of all, I believe that the, uh, the TERFs came up with it themselves. Not that it can't be turned into a slur, but it's not a slur. It's not like the N-word or like anti-gay or anti-trans slurs. It, it's an acronym that they don't like now controversy has only continued to grow. To her credit, Kasparian didn't back down, tweeting this week, LOL, the meltdowns over wanting to be referred to as a woman rather than a birthing person is pretty wild. I'll never apologize for that, especially as a biological woman who's had a lifetime of being told I'm less than, I'm a woman, no apologies. And now the big boss, Uger, has jumped into the fray to defend, to defend Kasparian. And it's all descending into the type of thing many on the far right will no doubt delight in and are already liberals eating liberals, so to speak. But this is about more than that. Uger, who will join us in a moment, is trying to talk common sense to his fellow liberals, pointing out the extreme fringes are dominating the conversation. But the extreme fringes they're talking about here are the people who write documents for like medical stuff and trying to silence or marginalize I've never called anybody a birthing person. I'm pretty woke, right? Like, I've never called anybody a birthing person or a person with a uterus. I may have said people with uteruses or people who may give birth, but I'm probably taught. It was probably in the context of talking about some transphobic shit, right? <laughs> like, but I like this is this is all very dumb. This is all very dumb. And it was a stupid thing to double down on. Majority in this country in much the same way those on the far right fringes do. Yuga writes. Left-wing extremists help right-wing so much. 66% of this country is left-wing, according to polling on policy issues. They don't believe in defunding the police or being called Latinx or calling women birthing people or abolishing prisons. Anyone who claims they do is lying. Latinx, again, is mostly used in academia. Now, this is a conversation we've been actively having on this show for more than a year now. So joining us now is Cenk Uger founder and host of the Progressive Young Turks. Cenk, thanks for coming on the program. Really appreciate it. All right. So, so what is going on here and why are you getting involved in this? Yeah. So, Dan, look, we've got a massive problem in the country overall that no one is representing what I call the silent majority, which is about two thirds of this country. Oh, yikes, dude. I would argue 
is indisputably progressive. So I can show you the polling on it. You name it, paid family, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, universal health. Okay, the problem here is when you when you poll on individual issues, yeah, people tend to agree with like the progressive position on most individual issues. That don't mean that's who they're going to vote for because of the culture war. Minimum wage, you name it. The country is progressive. The problem is the Democratic Party doesn't represent them because they're the corporate establishment and they represent their donors. So, uh oh, well, obviously the Republicans don't represent them. So that just leaves us progressives out here in the wilderness. Well, the problem with the uh, progressive movement now is folks on social media from time to time completely misrepresented. Now, I want to be clear that what I would call the extreme left don't have bad intent. I think the right wing has bad intent. I think it's arguable whether the corporate wings of both parties have bad intent. Uh, but but the extreme left is not helping our situation. So when you've got two thirds of the country on your side, lean into winning issues. And by the way, trans rights is a winning issue. That's And we've defended trans rights probably longer than any show in American media history. Okay. So now when we say something simple like, we're positive women want to be called women and they don't want to be called birthing people. Or I just want to know when the last time somebody called Anna a birthing person was like, I, I got to fucking guess that it was never. People with uteruses. And by the way, some like Anna are actually offended by that. You're not being inclusive. You're being exclusive and you're choosing to fight on losing ground for no reason. When we have all the winning ground in the world. So, and and Dan, the other problem here is the right wing, when the you have someone that agrees with them a little bit, like Chris Rock will take big pot shots at Republican white males, et cetera, but then he'll agree a little bit on cancel culture, and the right wing will say, that's it, Chris Rock's one of us, right? On the left wing, we have the exact opposite situation, where somebody could fight for you for 200 years in a row, the minute they don't agree with the most extreme thing you've ever said, mm. that's it. We're cutting them off. They're right wings. They're fascists. They're transphobes, etc. Yeah, we got to win elections so we can protect the LGBTQ community and all of us. So <clears throat> this is just more fucking tone policing from like the center. The center is the best at tone policing, and he's like, "Well, you need to be nicer." Blah blah blah, and not for nothing. Like Anna had built up enough goodwill among trans people and other queer folks that when she first said that people were pretty nice. At least anybody who was like, yeah, most pe people, basically anybody who had more than a thousand followers or whatever was pretty nice in the reply. They're like, Hey, like people don't really call each other this in the, you know, in social situations or anything. This is like in uh, medical literature. Mostly um, this is for doctors, <laughs> people who might, um, give health care to people who have uh, a uterus. And so that's the terminology they use. That's like people tried to explain and she just wasn't having any of it. She couldn't just be like, Oh, you know, maybe, maybe you misunderstood what I was saying. I'm sorry. You know, it would have been, she had built up so much goodwill that she could have said, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said it like that. I'm real sorry. You know, let me think about this some more and boom, we would have been done. We'd have been fucking done, but no, can't do it. Got to double down. Always got to double down. And my guess 
And it's just a guess. I don't have any secret knowledge or special knowledge of what's going on over there at the Young Turks. My guess is that maybe revenue's starting to either, maybe it's not growing like they'd like it to, or maybe it's even starting to go down a little bit as people, as there more competition enters the, the marketplace of the marketplace of ideas. I don't have a lot of viewers, but I'm essentially the Young Turks competition. The majority report is their competition. David Pakman is their competition, you know, and I feel like they have a lot more overhead than, um, for example, uh, the majority report, right? They have just a ton. They have a ton more staff, a much bigger studio. And so maybe it's harder for them to like turn a profit. And so they're, they, this might be calculated. They might be tacking to what the center because there's fucking money there. And I don't know. I hope not because a lot of people in chat were saying they're like part of the pipeline that brings people into progressive progressive streams. I'd be willing to bet a lot of people who listen to this podcast or who watch my stream maybe found the Young Turks first. And, um, you know, we had somebody in chat that said we had forgiven them for uh, Jimmy Dore, Dave Rubin and Michael Tracy or Tracky Tracy uh, because we figured they just made mistakes or whatever or couldn't, you know, couldn't couldn't uh, see the future or whatever. But this one's different. This one's different. And I don't know for sure, but it just seems like it seems like it's not out of the realm of possibility that they see some money in doing this. Um, we'll see how it plays out, though. This could just go away in a couple of weeks because you know how the you know the news cycle is on Twitter and the uh, basically the online space. This could just all be gone in a week or two. Who fucking knows? I just. I just feel like there's nothing wrong with being like, hey, you know, I probably should have said that a different way or, you know, uh, people have reached out to me and I realized that, like, I shouldn't be doing this and that, you know, I've, I've, I'm listening to people now. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But when, when your intent, I don't know somebody's intent, when your intent isn't understanding, then maybe you're not going to understand. And I just want to know, like, was she at a party? Did somebody call her a birthing person at a party? Because I just doubt it. I just doubt it. And um, <clears throat> I don't want any of you in my community going o going over to her feed and starting to call her a birthing person and shit. Because then you're just antagonizing somebody. We don't do, we don't do that. Or if we do antagonize somebody, it's because they're like a crazy anti-vaxxer. But we also can't do that because we're on Twitch. So can't go around antagonizing people. So um. Yeah, this is dumb, and we'll see how it goes. We may see Anna or Jank on something like trigonometry in the next couple months. And if we see that, then yeah, it's about the money, baby. It's the money, Lebowski. And so, and if we don't see that, and they just go back to what they were doing before and like kind of just let this go, then maybe I'm wrong. But I have a feeling that I'm right. I have a feeling that the that they see, they see money in them there than their gender critical Hills. So that's that. And that's pretty much all I'm going to say about it. Uh, I don't think that it's, um, I don't think that I have anything more to say about that. And I have nothing more to add to this conversation. And I think if I keep talking about it, I'm just going to fucking be throwing fuel on the fire. And this is, this stuff is hurting people. So I don't want to be, I don't want to be too deep into it. I have bigger fish to fry. Um, Speaking of a uh, speaking of fish, you know you could soak your fish in uh, Bud Light, and it might taste real good. This is a uh, Benny Johnson. He mad about the Bud Light, and so we must punish those people. We have to penalize them. We have to have it hurt 
for it to not happen again. And while we still have power in this country, which we do, we have the majority of the power, the transgender population is like 0, 0. 0.1, 0. 0.001, correction, percent of the population. But that's not the, but the people that you don't, you're outnumbered. You're, the polling on this is pretty clear. People are for trans rights. Not as high as of a rate as people are for gay rights, which is a little confusing to me because we're all part of the same community, or at least I see it that way. But you just because like just because somebody is a small uh, segment of society doesn't mean that everybody else is bigoted against them. If you're going to appeal to them, fine. There's going to be a suffering that happens. You are going to hurt by doing that, and we need more of it. And I'm sick of these conservatives saying, "Why are you wasting your time on this?" I'm wasting my time on this because these people are demanding something that I will not give them. The agency to raise my children, the agency to believe in my God and to believe in my faith. But nobody's stopping you from believing in your God and your faith. And the capacity to say with a clear voice that biological reality is true. Fact is fact. Do most biologists agree with you? Oh, they don't. Two plus two equals four. You will not take it away from me as long as I am standing here and breathing, and you will not take it away from my children. And if you dare to try and inject that further into the brands that I love, then consider those brands dead. All right. Don't buy anything. Bandwagon. Do not ever buy a Bud Light product again, a Budweiser product again. Anheuser-Busch makes a lot of shit. You'd be hard-pressed, like, if you're at a bar, to try to not have a product from Anheuser-Busch. Be done. Extract pain. And wait for that company to apologize. Watch them grovel. They must fire everyone, get down on their knees, apologize, disavow. Man, are you going to cry? Disavow. I mean, it's okay if men cry, but about this? Are you going to cry about this? Then we can have a conversation. Then we can get started. That's it. That's what you will do. You will kneel before us and you will apologize. Until then, no Christian, no person of faith, no red-blooded American. If you have red blood in your veins, then you do not buy a Bud Light product. The end. The end. I'm the elite. I'm a blue blood. I don't like Bud Light, but Anheuser-Busch does make products that I, that I drink. I'm almost certain. And not for nothing, where are you going to go? Whose fucking alcohol are you going to drink? Every fucking alcohol company ever has fucking sponsored pride events you're gonna go to the the craft brews oh you're not gonna like that that craft brew industry i don't know about the rest of the country but here on the west coast that is a pretty fucking queer industry so where are you going who are you going to you're gonna go to that weirdo we showed last week where they were trying to sell a six-pack on the internet for 20 bucks plus shipping is that the beer you're gonna drink like what alcohol are you gonna drink um so my my guess as to why the alcohol companies were kind of out ahead of a lot of other businesses on um, being like, at least in their marketing, supportive of gay rights is that as a demographic, gay men continue to go out into their 30s. We are we continue to go to the bars. We continue to go to the clubs like we just as at a much higher rate than um, than our straight counterparts. Um Gay women, not so much, but still more than their straight counterparts, like well into well into the well into our 30s and 40s. And the reason is for a long time, that was the only place we could go. 
the only gay spaces were gay bars and some of them were some of them were uh, speakeasies right where it wasn't really necessarily known that it was a gay bar but you knew as a gay person that you could go there and maybe hook up and so the alcohol companies were like well this seems like a good thing for us to market our product to because there are people out there and they're drinking and i don't know what else to tell you baby these alcohol companies make a lot of money on the bars and clubs and even in deadsville man jose the gay club the nice one with the big sound system and where all the fucking twinks go splash cracking cracking the crackinest bar in san jose the crackinest club in san jose by a long 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 way is splash and the same is true in san francisco the gay clubs are cracking Boys Town in Chicago, fucking Kraken. The Village in New York, fucking Kraken. Wayho, fucking Kraken. So you, the the alcohol companies aren't going to take your side because they want money, and we the gays go out and spend money at the bars. So you're going to lose this fight. Um. Not for nothing, a uh, bigger sponsor of uh, Pride events than uh, than uh, Anheuser-Busch or Bud Light or Budweiser has been Coors. Coors has been just all over it for a long time. So can't drink Coors either, I guess. Fucking Jack Daniels is all up in that, that business. Fucking Sky Vodka. Sky Vodka is all up in that business. Fucking Kettle One, all up in that business. What alcohol are you going to drink where they're like, oh, we don't market at gay bars? There's no alcohol that you're going to find that is produced in any kind of, you know, that is produced at any kind of scale where they're like, no, we don't want these, the money from the gay bars, because that would be stupid. It would be so fucking stupid. Anyway, here's Marco Rubio talking about this. He's like, oh, uh, the other were the other countries uh they're they're making they're mocking us and he's right but i think he's right for the wrong reason <laughs> yeah the other countries are mocking us probably because we drink bud light in the first place but also because this is funny this is stupid uh, other country other countries are definitely mocking the united states over this and, and our culture what is what we focused on as a culture we're focused on the fact that now some man pretending to be a woman gets paid millions of dollars to sell nike sports bras and bud light so the world looks at that and said, this place is a laughing stock, and they react to it. And I could go on for an hour about all the things that we are, we are being embarrassed on the world stage. Our adversaries are taking advantage of it, and our friends are saying, hey, we may have to go on on our own here because these guys look like they're about to commit societal suicide. No, they're making fun of us because we're behaving like this. They're, they're, not, they're not like, oh, America's too woke. They're like, they're doing what now? What, they're not drinking Bud Light? Because what? I'm like, all right, whatever. <clears throat> so our next clip is of uh, this is of Caddy Montgomery. She went on uh, something that appears to just be called, oh, it's called Talkway. And um, <clears throat> she's on there to talk about uh, the Bud Light boycott and all that. And uh, they fucking pitched her voice down. I'm not fucking kidding. Check this out. Um, yeah, but I mean, sometimes brands do bad adverts and I would just watch, you know, a truck advert with Steve Kahn and be like, 
oh, okay, I'm not buying their trucks. I don't know. (laughs) But I wouldn't be sending death threats to the factory or trying to wipe money off the valuation or sending Dylan Mulvaney death threats. Like, I just, I don't see why anyone cares. Well, they got it wrong, didn't they? They got it wrong and it's a product and they got it wrong and the the Well, trans people do drink beer. Yeah, obviously. But, I mean, as an advert, I think they wanted to, they wanted to make a statement and the truth was it didn't really work so great for them katie is is there an argument that says that we're all just getting a bit too het up about this because look i i might be i might be uh, sheltered i might be wrapped in cotton wool i don't think i'm you know i don't i don't go around every day and get faced with trans issues you know i don't bump into lots of trans people i had one friend um who who transitioned but i mean I, i i just wonder whether we just think of this as the big issue of our age and it really is Yes, I mean, it's totally over the top. Like, the reaction is just ridiculous. Some people, this is like their whole lives. I mean, some of the people leading the charge uh, for the boycott in the USA, like conservative commentator Matt Walsh and stuff, have dedicated, like, this is all they do now. They just talk about trans people, get angry, campaign to take away our rights. Yo, yeah, yeah, that, that's, I've been telling people that on Twitter too. I'm like, all you do all day is rage about fucking trans people on Twitter. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But what's really important there is they fucking pitch shifted her voice. It's fucking disgusting. It is a fucking incredibly transphobic. Like it's, and they didn't even like the, you, they didn't even do a good job of it. You, I can hear it. If uh, Adam Rainstopper was here, Adam Rainstopper would know what I'm talking about. There was like some kind of shitty pitch shift uh, software out there. And I think they used like shitty pitch shift software. Not to say that if they used high quality software, what they're doing would be better, but it was like so obvious what they were doing. It's, it's gross. It's gross. These people are gross. What they did to her is gross. And I've been following Katie, Katie uh, Montgomery on, on Twitter since before all this bullshit fucking well. I mean, there was always transphobia, (coughs) excuse me, but before it became like in vogue, for like right-wing influencers to just rage all day about transphobia and she seems like a fucking nice lady like she's not hurting anybody she's just out there advocating for her and people like her which is all politics is anyway is advocating for you and somebody like you or people like you or maybe people who aren't like you who you'd like to advocate for but like yo like why did they pitch i mean i know why they pitch shifted her they're fucking bigots Anyway, we're done with the transphobia part of the show, or most most done with most of the transphobia part of the show. Um, up next is a pretty cringe ad that was put out targeting Ron DeSantis, who hasn't even announced that he's running for president yet. Ron DeSantis loves sticking his fingers where they don't belong. And we're not just talking about pudding. DeSantis has his dirty fingers all over senior entitlements like cutting Medicare, slashing Social Security, even raising our retirement age. Tell Ron DeSantis to keep his pudding fingers off our money. Oh, and somebody get this man a spoon. Make America Great Again, Inc. is responsible for the content of this advertisement. They didn't even know they were supposed to do two in the... Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't even know, like, they... like kind of poorly were implying a, a bad joke there right um here is uh cocaine don jr uh he's talking about uh flooding in uh, fort lauderdale 
And uh, I do hope that his uh, car is underwater at the Fort Lauderdale airport. Also need to talk about DeSantis being absent during natural disasters. I came in to Miami last night because I couldn't get into Fort Lauderdale because there is historic flooding in the streets. My car is literally still at Fort Lauderdale Airport because I couldn't get in. I couldn't get there to be able to get my vehicle out because I'm hoping it's not underwater, but I wouldn't know because one of the major airports of America is shut down. car. And where's Ron DeSantis? Ron DeSantis is in Ohio instead of Fort Lauderdale amid the drastic flooding. Okay, he had two events there today. Guess where he's going to be tomorrow? He is going to be at Liberty University. Now, if you're in Ohio, okay, and you do one event and there's flooding, I get it. But it happened yesterday and he's still in Ohio. Guess what? Leaders lead. If you have flooding in your state, I understand your ambition and the people who want to make a lot of money who are pushing you to run for president. But leaders lead. You get your ass on a plane and you come back and you deal with the issues. But no. <laughs> He's just mad that he can't get his car, though. He didn't give a he didn't give a fuck about the people whose fucking place got flooded. Their house got flooded. He's like my Mercedes. My Mercedes is flooded. He's fucking what a poor what a poor job of even trying to do propaganda there. He didn't mention the fucking regular ass people who are suffering with the flood. <laughs> all right, we're gonna have to skip ahead a little bit here. We're definitely not gonna get to all this even in two hours. There was a lot of shit this week, but we have to definitely check in on a sore loser, Carrie Lake, doing her uh, doing her sore loser shit. Here she is on a show that apparently calls itself Real America. And uh, it's with Dan Ball, and uh, she's laser-focused on seeing her court case through to the end. Let's continue our conversation now with Carrie Lake and looking towards the future. I want to point something out first and get Carrie's take on it. And that is the fact that another federal lawmaker seat in Arizona is up for grabs in 2024. This, as the newly independent Arizona Senator Kristen Sinema faces a re-election bid after leaving the Democrat Party just a few months ago. I'm sure you heard about that, right? So with that in mind, I got to point this out because Kerry's been very busy as of late, making a lot of visible political visits. In oh, please let Kerry Lake run for run for that seat. And they could put like just the shittiest Democrat up against Kerry Lake and the shittiest Democrat would win. States, we told you about Iowa, Texas, Florida, D.C. So... Is she considering a run for the United States Senate, depending on how the case for governor works out in the courts or bigger picture? People are tossing her name out as a potential vice president on the Donald Trump ticket in 2024. So let's welcome Carrie back and go right for that easy softball question. Wow. <laughs> you thought it was going to be easy. I thought it was. Okay. We're friends. <clears throat> well, then I'll just be really honest. Which with one you. do you want to tackle? The Senate uh, or the VP one first? Let's hit them both head on. Okay. Um, obviously, my case is, is the most important thing. Of course. But you're asking if things don't go well, if right. the judicial system is much more corrupt than we than we think it is. What happens? Yeah. I am seriously considering a run for Senate. Yes, absolutely. Do it. You'll fucking you'll you'll kill in the primary and then you'll get you'll get like you'll get just absolutely destroyed in the general after this fucking stunt you pulled. This old election. We're so dangerous to them. I'm so dangerous to the status quo in this rotten swamp that they're willing to steal the election to stop me and our movement. I'm not letting them get away with that. We're not going away. 
And so I am seriously considering a run for Senate. All the polling shows that I would win, not just the primary. The polling is showing I would beat both Kirsten Cinema and this socialist guy that's running. Oh, the other Democrat, Democrat that's jumping Gallego, in, right? Gallego, yeah. And mm -hmm. so, but the Democratic primary hasn't even happened. You don't even know who the Democratic nominee is going to be. Also, if you uh, <clears throat> also if it's a three-way race, the every, everything changes. You're worried though, Kerry, because we know <sighs> the voter rolls are corrupt. We know that these mail-in ballots can be corrupted. All these issues with Maricopa County specifically, and obviously if you run for that Senate seat, just like gubernatorial, that's the entire state, not like a congressional district of only 700,000 folks. You're running for the whole state. How do we guarantee? Do we have new stuff in place? Will you have well, new poll watchers so to this, make sure it's not screwed? This again? is why I'm fighting it right now. I want to I want to get our elections straightened out and I want them to be honest. And that's why I'm fighting it so hard right now. We'll take it to the Supreme Court if we have to, but we're not going to stop. We're going to hit every single legal avenue we can take. We'll take it. We know they're hitting us with lawfare. You know, they just in Maricopa County did an investigation and they said, oh, we didn't find anything. Everything was, of course, they hire their own investigators and they say everything's fine. Anybody who tells you that that election was on the up and up is a bald faced liar. Yeah, well, I won't let you look at yeah. the ballots. So then. I'm doing whatever I can. And I'm one of the few people in this fighting hard. I don't see these other candidates giving a damn about it. All and right. I'm, I, well, they I'm, weren't running for your seat. It's fair. And frankly, I want them fair for the Democrats, Republicans, and independents. Well, of course we do, because you want to win fairly, too. And guess what? Because the we polling, don't cheat. The polling shows 50, um, it's more than 70% of Republicans, like 79% are concerned about the elections. Of course they are. 51% of independents and 31% of Democrats. But those three groups probably have different concerns about the elections. <clears throat> when you ask like an open-ended question like that, you're going to get people saying yes, but... You don't know why, what, what the reason is they're saying yes. Care about, or they think our elections are, are messed up. So this is truly a bipartisan issue and I'm gonna fight it. You're not getting out of the I'm second question. I'm considering running for Senate <laughs> because we cannot send Kirsten Sinema, who votes with Joe Biden 93% of the time, who cares more about the guys running hedge funds than the people living in Arizona who is a chameleon. She comes back to town, you know, a few months every year and tries to act like she's independent. And she goes off to D.C., votes against the people, votes for Ukraine, against Arizona, doesn't give a damn about the border. And now she comes back and is acting like she does. Yeah. The people of Arizona are onto it and they're not going to buy what she's selling. And I think they're not going to buy what this Gallego guy is selling, which is a, a whole bunch of craziness, this leftist agenda. And we need some common sense in there. And, and the polls show that I could easily defeat them. And then the other part of that two-part question was, <laughs> if President Trump would tap you for vice president, is that a consideration? Have there been chats about that? Or is that just internet hooey and gossip? Um, you know, I have not talked to the president about that. Okay. I mean, he's, he, at one time he said, I love the way you answered the VP question, which was early on in the campaign when I was running for governor and somebody asked if I was going to leave and be VP. And I said, well, I'm flattered that, you know, a few months ago, you guys didn't even think I should be running for governor. Now you're asking if I'm going to leave and be VP. And so uh, he had seen that and thought it was a clever way to answer the question. But we haven't talked about that. That's something that you're very clever. 
way down the road. You don't pick a VP this early on. Yes, until next year. And uh, we need to get President Trump in office and we need to get him secure. I think he is going to securely win this. Um, we need him more than anything. I've never felt... He might not win the primary. About ...anyone <clears throat> than President Trump for the job right now. There's no one else who's qualified to do the job that we're up against right now, which is we're in a disastrous situation on the world stage. Our economy's fallen apart. Our streets aren't safe. Our borders wide open. I know one man who can fix all of those quickly, and his name is Donald J. Trump. And so I'm going to do whatever I can to get him in office. That's what matters to me, and that's what matters to my family. As a mother, I want our world back together again. I want our country back to. I, you know, I'm sick of living on planet that's crazy. That's why we love you. <laughs> Carrie Lake, I'm out of time. They're giving me the hard okay. rap. You're used to that, right? When they're screaming in your ear. Yep. We could go on forever, folks. Um, Please don't. Thank you so much for coming thank to the studio. Dan. Please don't. This much time. <clears throat> Her 15 minutes are about up, I feel like. <clears throat> I don't think uh, she might win a primary in a GOP primary in Arizona for the Senate seat, but she might not. I'm not saying that it would be like a moderate that would take her out. It would be somebody else, some other kind of like MAGA person, right? There, we don't know who else might be running and she might not win the primary. And if she were to like try to like run for the, the, the Senate seat and lost the primary, she's done. It's over. Um, she'd still be able to like go on TV and grift and like raise money and shit for her fucking dumb lawsuit. But it, it's over if she doesn't, if she were to run for that seat and not win the primary, she'd be done. And then, like, we would have one less person to talk about on Sunday. So, I don't know. Good for the country. Uh, bad for my show on Sunday. Here's a sore loser lake on the uh, Mike Lindell channel. We will never win if we quit. And I will tell you that. We will never win anything if we quit. My dad was a football coach and a history and government teacher. And that's what he taught us girls. We have eight girls in our family and one boy. He said, you know, when you, when you have a goal, you keep your eye on that goal. And you work hard to achieve it and you never stop. And once you quit, then you know you've lost. So there's no quit in me. And I know there's no quit in Donald Trump. That's what I love about him. And you're right. People, I think people want to see him as someone who's angry and lashing out. I've spent a lot of time with him. Um, I, I'm honored to call him friend. And I've never seen that. Even in the darkest times when I called him, when you would think he would be uh, angry or or in tears about what's happening he's upbeat and he realizes that he's on he's in the fight and he's in the right fight and when you know you're doing something that's noble and worthwhile then there's no getting you down i wake up every day roger and i don't know about you i wake up every day and i just say all right let's go god placed us here at this amazing pivotal time in american history and frankly in human history and, and that God put us here at this time is, is remarkable. And I'm just so thankful for that. And that he put me in the fight to try to make a difference. Oh, well, I'm not going to screw that up. You already did. God's counting on us to do the right thing. You already screwed it up. <clears throat> I think her 15 minutes are over. Uh, she's going to be relegated to like Mike Lindell TV and whatever show we watched before. I don't even know who the guy is who run the other show. <laughs> yeah. Like. If if she believes that like everything that happens is God's will, well then even God, God ain't interested in her having any fucking uh, holding any office either because uh, God's supposed to control everything, which clearly I don't believe. But as some of these people do, I don't even know if they uh, necessarily believe it, but they claim to believe it. So we're about an hour in. Uh, I'm gonna take a break.
Don't worry, I'll leave you with a wonderful song. This is Nice Guys by uh, NVS. When we come back, we'll hit the rest of this docket, and then an hour from now, we'll be into Red Light.
thanks for hanging out during the break. <clears throat> I needed to get up and go to the bathroom and walk around a little bit. We're back. Um, welcome back, podcast listeners. And of course, welcome live viewers and live listeners. <clears throat> Franklin, Tennessee is a suburb of Nashville. And they are uh, thinking about having a pride festival. And uh, well, we're going to do some public comment about that because it's, uh, you know, it's exactly what you, you might expect. Hold on a sec. Sorry about that. Your decision about Pride Fest is not isolated or in a vacuum. It is part of a social change agenda that wants to come to Franklin, and we are seeing it play out all over the country. That agenda is not pro-religion, pro-community, pro-Christianity, pro-family, or pro-America. Rather, it seeks the destruction of all of those elements and has been quite successful in many places. We are Christians. We love Jesus. And we want to walk with Jesus. And Jesus had a very, very special place in his heart for children. And I would just beseech you all to protect our families, but most importantly, these innocent, dear children. That <clears throat> so check this out. Your kids will be safe at Pride, but Pride's not for kids can't speak for themselves, can't protect themselves. There is a war for the hearts and the minds of our kids. And if you guys don't realize that, I pray that you tonight, whenever, will realize that we are in a battle for the souls of our children and our grandchildren. You think that you're doing things based on laws, but you are doing things and you are letting Satan in. He will not take an inch. I promise you, he will take everything and it will not stop. please. If this were an agenda, why would I choose to be gay? Why would I suggest my subject myself to being called a faggot in the bathroom Whoa. every day at school? Why would my friends subject themselves to the violence and hatred that these groups of people get him, kid, have displayed? And I see you're laughing at me. I see you think it's a laughing matter, but it's not. This leads to suicide. This leads to mental health crises. It is all because of this hatred. I urge you to vote yes. I'm here on my own volition. Satan is not getting at me. I moved here because my husband of nine years, thank you, Thomas, for nine glorious years. Um, I moved here because of him. We, so I am here in the midst of you, but I am here. We are here. I know people have moved here to not be with me or my kind, but we are here. Fuck yeah. <clears throat> get him <clears throat> like i'm sorry by the way about that slur i didn't know the slur was in there but um the the, the kid and the, this older guy he's like oh, i moved here because my husband lives here and now you y'all are acting crazy <laughs> it's very very uncool and like i hope the town council or whatever just votes to permit the pride event because like they i think they kind of have to if they're permitting other events i think they kind of have to uh, we'll maybe try to keep an eye on that. Can't make any promises, though. It's not Shasta County, so we're not, you know, the odds that we'll keep a super close eye on it. It's not not so good. Anyway, uh, we have more uh, local and state government stuff that is just very uncool. Um, this one's very uncool. This is a school board member in Michigan talking about how, how Christians have a right to live without uh, bothering anyone. And then it goes uh, bad. If I wanted to live in a progressive city, I would have chosen that. People watching this meeting are free to move 
where you feel you belong. This is the freedom of choice we all enjoy in this country, and conservative Christians who make up a very diverse population are just as entitled to live comfortably in their majority communities as any other group without having the values of others forced upon them. Some Native Americans live on reservations with other Native Americans. Some who are Muslim live in Muslim-majority communities, and the Amish live in communities with other Amish. It's human nature for people to want to live with others who share their values. No, that's tribalism. That's tribalism. And the thing is, like, when you move to a big city, you can't really do that. You don't. I mean, you could live in, like, like I go live in Chinatown or Japantown right now. Nobody would even fucking bat an eye because nobody cares. I'd like to know if the self-righteous who condemn and disparage conservative Christians by branding them as racist for rejecting the teachings and institutions of Marxism and DEI are moving into Native American and Muslim communities and demanding they diversify with a progressive agenda. Like literally, I could move into like a neighborhood in any city where there's a lot of Muslim folks and nobody would even care. Like they wouldn't even fucking care. They might not even notice me. We all have a constitutional right to the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness, and nobody has to accept anything they don't agree with. I would rather see the money that was spent on the DEI department spent on constitutional programs instead. The number one definition of nationalism from Merriam-Webster is the loyalty and devotion to a nation. Some people twist the terms Christian and nationalism against the sport and their supporters in derogatory and demeaning ways meant to demoralize and delegitimize those who have stood up for their representation in this country and county. I will never apologize for my faith in Jesus Christ and my love for America, and I will continue to stand for what I believe is right for all people and for those who made the ultimate sacrifice so I can be here to speak. Thank you. Unless they happen to be gay or into DEI or whatever, then, uh, you know, then get out of my town. So what she's saying, she's like, oh, all these, she's basically saying, talking basically about me, like white progressives, I think. And she doesn't understand that here in the city, yeah, I can move into the, if San Jose isn't really a good um, example of this because it's super integrated. There's not like neighborhoods. There's a Japan town, but it's not really where the Japanese people live. It's not like other cities here, but I could move maybe a place where things are more segregated and I could move into a neighborhood where there's a lot of, a lot of Muslims or people from the Middle East or Indian people. And I don't feel like in most major cities in this country, anybody would give a fuck. Because they're just trying to go about their business. I'd just fucking have neighbors, just like anywhere else. So here we go. We're going to keep on this uh, kind of local government uh, public comment tip here. This one's in Texas. And this is uh, just a bill to empower vigilante militias. So these units, they could set up checkpoints in Dallas. They could set up checkpoints in East Texas and in Cook County, um, Fort Worth, right? Nothing in the bill limits that. Exactly. I mean, the, the language in the bill, you know, it has this sort of this this phrasing of, you know, whatever will, will will push the mission forward, right? And again, checkpoints, you know, that's really problematic because again, then people without status may avoid going to the hospital. 
um, because they fear having to go through a checkpoint and face deportation. That's a really good point. They could set up outside a church. Like, for example, we have a heavy immigrant population in, in Dallas that attends Our Lady of Guadalupe, about 11,000 people every Sunday. They could set up outside the church in Dallas, right? Mm -hmm. and, and ask people uh, for not even arrest them, but just ask them for immigration status, right? Because I'm always interested in the interplay with the, the, the papers please bill uh, for, in, for, that was SB4 from a couple yep. sessions ago by the same author, and then this bill, right? So you could have these, these, these um, units of civilians that um, with uh, not the same kind of training as troopers outside of the chain of command of, of Colonel McCraw, um, that could set up anywhere in the state and set up a checkpoint and ask people for immigration status. Yeah, they're brown, brown shirts. It's fucking brown shirts. I try not to do, make too many comparisons to the Third Reich, but it's fucking brown shirts. That's they're just, the, the brown shirts at first were not part of the government. It's brown shirts. They want brown shirts. Um, here's also more what the fuck. This is from Florida. Here is a Florida rep Republican representative, uh, Webster Barnaby, uh, talking about trans people and the X-Men. I'm, I'm looking at society today, and it's like I'm watching an X-Men movie uh, with people that, when you watch the X-Men movies for Marvel Comics, it's like we have mutants living among us on planet Earth. Whoa, dude, no. And, you know, some people don't like that, but that's a fact. We have people that live among us today on planet Earth that are happy to display themselves as if they were mutants from another planet. What the fuck? Yo, that's, that's, a, that's pretty extra, right? Like, my God. This is the planet Earth. <laughs> well, thanks, dude. What shape do you think it is? Where God created men male and women female i'm a proud christian conservative republican i'm not on the fence not on the fence there is so much darkness in our world today so much evil in our world today and so many people who are afraid to address the evil the dysphoria, the dysfunction. I'm not afraid to address the dysphoria or the dysfunction. The Lord rebuke you, Satan, and all of your demons. And just start talking, just start speaking in tongues, motherfucker. Imps who come and par par parade before us. That's right, I called you demons and imps who come and parade before us and pretend that you are part of this world. We are. So I'm, I'm saying my righteous indignation is stirred. I am sick. And it's indignation. I wouldn't call it righteous. We, I'm not going to put up with it. You can test me and try to take me on, but I promise you I'll win every time. Let's all vote up on this bill. Thank you. Ain't no hate like Christian love. Let me tell you, my God, you just called fucking like queer people mutants. Also, uh, in the X in the X Men, the the mutants were the good guys, <laughs> right? There was like a like the X Men were the good guys, dude. 
I don't know what else to say for the good guys. You're the bad guy. You would be the bad guy in the X-Men. <laughs> like it was literally there's it's like literally an allegory for racism and bigotry. That's what the X-Men is. Like <laughs> I don't even watch the shit and I know that. I'm not a movie person myself. I know a lot of people here do like a lot of movies or whatever. I'm not a movie person, but I know what it's about. It's about hate, bigotry, racism. That's the point of it. And uh, we got one more uh, local government or state government thing. This is the uh, Philadelphia Philadelphia mayoral race. And, um, well, yikes. One of your campaign slogans is pick up the bleep trash. Littering, illegal dumping, and some tiny garbage pickup system continues to be a persistent problem in the city. Where Philadelphia trucks some of its trash has spurred accusations of pollution and environmental racism, specifically from the residents of Chester. Would you, as mayor, keep or change the existing waste disposal contracts? So, um, I, I really don't, I'm not sure, because I'd ha- I would bid it out, but I'm not sure if that changes it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chester is Chester. I'm worried about Philadelphians and, ha- and how their lives are. And so what will come first to me is what would be- But Chester's right next to you. For my Philadelphians. So you don't care about Chester? The, I do the, care. The trash that's coming from Philadelphia- I do care, but they, I don't work for them is, if I'm the mayor. Is, wow. I work for Philadelphia. No. And the trash has to go somewhere. And whoever gets it's going to be unhappy with it. Well, that's that's not really this an is appropriate answer. <laughs> okay, that dude's gonna lose. That you know who's not gonna fucking be the mayor of Philadelphia ever? That guy. Do we have Jeff Gold? That, re- that, re- that response. That response is the same way you you treat the black and brown community. Okay, thank you, you very much. <laughs> he's like, she's like, actually, he's like, because uh, I think Chester is like a like a mostly uh, black suburb of. Uh, Philadelphia and that lady's like well that's just how you treat the black people here too so (laughs) shout out to that lady at the end for being like well you don't like the black folks here either fucking oh my fucking god what a horrible part of the show we did like the worst 20 15 20 minutes of fucking content we've done in a long time and at this point we need something funny so here's something funny wait a minute did I get blocked by whoever this is that's fine I can get around that Here's something funny. Palate cleanser, so to speak, because we we certainly certainly need a palate cleanser at this time. Oh, it's gone. Nope, the video's gone. Well, no palate cleanser. It's gone. It isn't the person limits it. It's that I, I can't get to the I can't get to the video. Yep, it's not there. Uh, check for saved version. Nope. Yeah, it's not there. Sorry, everybody. No palate cleanser this week. I guess that's the way it goes sometimes. <laughs> uh, if I had more time and like money and resources, I'd download. We'd download every video that we're gonna play and, and do it a different way. But I just don't have time for that. Um. Ooh, we have a. Uh, how much more do we have here? Oh my god. Yeah, we're not. Oh, dear. Okay, we're gonna have to be pretty careful here. Let's check in on old Bob Larson. You know, Bob Larson, uh, frequent flyer on our Cults in the Satanic Panic show. Well, Bob Larson has something to say about 
the new Dungeons and Dragons movie. And I bet you can kind of guess the gist of what all Bob Larson has to say about the new Dungeons and Dragons movie. Probably the same thing Bob Larson been saying about Dungeons and Dragons for the last 40 years. It opens today. It will likely be a blockbuster. I haven't seen it yet. I have seen the trailer, but I can tell you in advance that the movie Dungeons and Dragons is demonic. D&D has always been an opening to the occult. I go back to the 70s when D&D was a board game before it was a video game and then a movie franchise. Why is it demonic? It was the first popular fantasy role-playing game to encompass characters with demonic identities. Back then as an exorcist, I, I like the music behind him. For players who became too enmeshed with their demonically identified characters by emotionally investing themselves in demon beings such as Baphomet and the Philistine god Dagon. For some, the demon characters became an alter ego that could lead to demonic possession of a real demon like Baphomet or Dagon. In the Bible, <laughs> the dragon represents Satan. As the movie trailer ironically boasts, we've unleashed the greatest evil ever known. Really? Enough said. <laughs> I didn't when I found out Bob Larson was still alive I was pretty surprised don't don't wish death on anybody but I he, he was pretty getting up there in years when we were watching his shit from the 80s and 90s so I like to maybe know his uh his health routine up next we got a double shot of um one Mr. Glenn Beck um Glenn Beck is first going to talk about um you know who was it really who were uh, killing folks during the third Reich what new evidence do we have that we should mutilate the bodies of children? Tell me the case. This in, in a reasonable society, this would be debated a long time before it was ever even introduced. Right, but it was. It was debated in the medical community for a very long time. They just didn't invite you for whatever reason, Glenn. If it was introduced, it would get the the uh, people of the country to look at it and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Make your case. Show me the evidence. That's what's happening overseas. It's not happening here because they're shutting everybody up. Now, don't talk to me about book burners when you are doing everything you can to shout people down and make them afraid to speak. You won't even get to the books. Wait, what? You know oh, that? is he complaining that people clap back and talk back to bigots when they give speeches? You just get to all the authors. You just get to everybody who can write a book or even make a decent argument against it, and you frighten them. Here's why this is bothering me so much. It wasn't, it wasn't the Nazis that were killing people, per se. Uh, it, it was. It was the doctors that were Nazis that were killing people. No, they just helped. Joseph Mengele, he, he was operating within standard framework of ethics for doctors in Germany at the but yeah but who set the standard framework for the ethics of the doctors it wasn't like a medical association at the time they believed things that just were not true and so they would do whatever it is they wanted to do the people that were 
you know, in his part of Auschwitz, they were terrified because they knew everything he did. It didn't matter. He didn't have to ask for any permission or anything. Whatever he did to them, he could do. If he just wanted to kill him just for fun. He could kill him. And well, all right, this but that started out of compassion. Wait, no. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's really kind of like, it's like extra weird Holocaust denial. They, they, nobody thought it was out of compassion. What the fuck? I mean, some people might have deluded themselves into believing that, I suppose. But I've never even heard that kind of Holocaust denial before. That's a new one. New Holocaust denial just dropped everybody. All right, so apparently Megyn Kelly uh, is mad that she is not um, in the public eye. And uh, so, you know, in order to increase her uh, profile, she's going to go on the Glenn Beck show and um, say that she regrets being nice to trans people. Where is the beginning of a, of a movement? And I guess that's maybe where you started. You were thinking this weekend. Yeah, you know, I really did think on Friday, this could be an inflection point, what happened to her in this whole battle. I mean, this could be the thing that finally leads the women and men to stand up and say, we're done. And I think about my own role in this whole thing, Glenn, a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. I think about how when this all got started, you know, I, I have a transgender person in my family by marriage, not my own marriage. Um, And I mean, this person went full bore, the surgery, all of it. And it was deeply traumatic on those around that person in the the immediate family. And but I had sympathy for them because they went through it at a time when there was no support for this. They had to go to Canada to get all the surgeries. And I remember saying, you know, don't bully, be loving, be kind. You don't understand. This is still the one group that people feel comfortable teasing and bullying. And it's wrong. And I I don't think I was wrong to say that, but when I went to NBC, I did segments on how children were struggling with this, and perhaps there was a lean to help that. I regret that. I regret that. I did not see where that was going to take us. Tolerance, and I think an innate ability amongst most Americans to live and let live, be kind, be supportive, try not to judge, understand some people have mental frailties, has been abused and has now morphed into the abuse of children by a system at every turn and the, the dishonest posing as a trans person by people who have other mental disorders and, and worm their way into women's spaces, taking advantage of that need to be kind, of that, of that innate instinct to be empathetic. And it's, it's time to say, I'm putting my empathy in the backseat. I'm fighting for what's right. And if somebody who's claiming to have this mental disorder is offended too bad up until about two minutes ago, it was recognized as a mental disorder by the, the psychiatry um, experts in America. It's only now that you're not allowed to say that. Well, nothing changed. Right. Other than, Except right. the expert consensus changed. So I think we have not, we have no choice, but to call out these people as disturbed, the glommers who don't even have gender dysphoria who just want to feel special and come into our locker rooms and our what the fuck? lanes, uh, et cetera. 
need to be oh, trans. she's trying to bring back the idea of like trans trenders or whatever. Yeah. You remember when that was a thing? Mulvaney and all of the brands sponsoring him need to be called out. Yeah, I think fucking Megan Kelly was like realized she's like, wait a minute, I haven't been getting on these shows very much lately. I gotta, I gotta walk back any kindness that I express towards uh, trans people in the trans community because I need to be get need to be getting my 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 voice on the Glenn Beck show and all this. Like, I know what's important, me. And I feel like a lot of people are doing this. <clears throat> a lot of people are going to jump on this because it's it's popular right now among horrible people. So, uh, <clears throat> here's, I called this, hell yeah, brother, I'm harassing teenagers at the Lego store. <laughs> you probably know what this clip is. This went pretty crazy. The Lego group supports what? Yes. Oh, the Lego group pretty proud and supports the LGBTQ community. Yeah. 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 But the question is, why are you all in here with those pins on? Do you think children care about what man sucks? at home whoa yeah he's like get out look do you think they care about that i mean do you think they care i don't think they think about that personally right so why would you they 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 think about it when they see your pen yes they do it's disgusting that's called grooming Right. Did y'all mind leaving? Yeah. If you call security, tell security that you're, that you're in here wearing a pride flag on your, on your shirt. Come on, guys. It's time to leave. Well, you know what's amazing? Most children don't know. He's been educated by me. I think it's grooming. It's, it's borderline pedophilia and child abuse for these weirdos to come in here and wear that. And at the same time, kids buy from the store. When does sir, it stop? Sir, I'm sick and tired. You don't have to shop. Huh? Yeah, but I came here to buy something. When does it stop? At some point, we need to stop pushing this mess on children. Wait, why is the security guard standing there and not just getting this guy out of the store? This is a place where kids shop, and this guy's being abusive. I think if you want to protect them kids, get this motherfucker out of the store immediately. I'll leave, and I won't spend any money at Lego. All right, cool. Right now, sir, if you're sir, in here right now sir, and you care sir, about sir. value, this store is intentionally promoting LGBTQ behavior on children. Sir, you're, you're spend your money in a place that sir. doesn't do that to kids. Sir, you're sir. about to get trespassed. Thank you. Yo, what we're gonna see eventually, we're gonna see one of these, and one of the other customers is just gonna be like, "Nope, today's not the day." Yelling this weird shit at my kid. Today's not the day. Um. We've seen it before in the past, and I think that that's that's kind of where we're where this is headed. When people start doing this at stores, when people start doing this in public. I think the public is going to eventually be like, well, "Okay, we're tired of this. We're tired of this." So uh, here's Tim Pool <laughs> explaining why a thing that Elon Musk did was actually uh, very funny, and uh, will probably go down in the history book of uh, funny things that uh, people did. Act like you know. That people are actually engaging, they're, they're, they're silly, they're having fun. This shows victory. I don't know if you saw this one. It's not completely in line with Trump and, and Masvidal and Dana White and Joe Rogan and all that stuff, but I think this matters, and it's in a similar context. The Twitter sign at Twitter HQ, he put, uh, Elon Musk covered the W, so it said Titter as a gag, because he said, if I buy Twitter, you know, should I rename it to Titter? And then apparently the landlord was like, you can't do that. So he just changed the color. So now it just looks like it says titter. The W is now white. What this says to me is that 
the influence that you and I have, the meme makers, the meme enjoyers, the people actually engaging with culture, we're winning these spaces. The Anheuser-Busch boycott is massive. Now, I don't know if it's really going to have an effect on the bottom line. No. But culturally, people are saying, yo, enough. I'm not interested. Elon Musk buying Twitter was a major move in the victory, a major, a major move in the culture war towards victory, I should say. What we see here with Jorge Masvidal is a major victory culturally. What we need is, in the future, young people will think about these individuals and these moments and say, I want to be like them. I want to be an aggressively unfunny weirdo billionaire. That's what people are going to say in the future. Kids are like, when I grow up, I want to be an aggressively unfunny weirdo billionaire who uh, wants to be friends with someone named Cat Turd. That's what kids want. Tim Pulse has Tim Tim Pulse. Tim Pool has his finger on the pulse of the future. Um, up next is a Turning Point USA. Unfortunately, like my take on this is a little bit different. I think like a lot of people were doing like a victory dance when they saw this, but this is Turning Point USA getting exactly what they wanted when they went to the uh, University of Washington. Um, you know, this I might have been one of the people doing stuff like this if I was uh, 19 or 20 though and they came to my campus and talking talking their shit but uh, I think that in a lot of ways uh, when this stuff happens it's Turning Point USA getting exactly what they want no. yeah no you just support the genocide of trans kids and you want every, everyone who's born to die yeah no that you is do such an assumption. it's such an assumption right with all of this shit Right. What is anti-trans on the table? <laughs> Your TPS, TPUSA, you dumb bitches. Whatever. Fuck off my campus, hey, that's you Nazi shit. Yeah, sure. Whatever. That's assault, actually. <laughs> you call campus security? Yeah, I will, actually. Fuck! Hey, I, I have it on camera. Yeah, cool. You have me on camera. Tell me you want me to fuck off. Hey. A bold of her to do it alone. Um, and, uh, I heard a story from the Bible of, uh, Jesus flipping over tables. So it was nonviolent, but I just think that turning point USA gets to use this stuff to market and that's fine. You know, they're, you know, they're going there to get this kind of reaction and not for nothing. These are young people. They're, you know, they're never going to go, they're never going to go to the Castro or whatever. I keep leaning on this or boys town in Chicago or West Hollywood and fucking do this shit. They always go to places where they know there's adequate security and the people are all like mostly under 25. So they're, they're not going to get people who've thought things through very well. Whereas if they go to the Castro and they, uh, they try to do some of their little stunts, talk their shit about queer people. Those people have kind of thought these scenarios through before and the, the response would be uh, a little bit different and they would not like what happened if they did that. Here's uh Charlie Kirk from turning point USA on the, uh, that guy, the discord leaker, we'll call him. he, Leaked a bunch of classified documents and uh, did it basically to show off to the fucking weirdos in, in his uh, in his Discord chat, which is a strange reason to get yourself thrown in jail, possibly for treason. But uh, Charlie has a different take on this, as you might imagine. That stuff is embarrassing, but it's just basic intelligence. But the leaks show that we, the American government, were also spying on our own allies. Israel, South Korea, and even Ukraine. We're always, everybody's smiling on everybody, you dumb fuck. We have an intelligence assessment where our leaders talk about the prospect of pressuring Israel to break its neutrality and send weapons to Ukraine. 
We have another document that suggests we're spying on the private communications of South Korea's leaders. Yes, Where they debate they're whether- probably trying to spy on American communications. Everybody's spying on everybody. ...to send any of their weapons. Now, the only thing that might save this leaker is if, if this leaker is trans. If this what? leaker is trans, then he or she might receive a par- pardon. You might say, oh, Charlie, that's outrageous. Not when Manning got a pardon simply because... Chelsea Manning had their sentence commuted. That Manning was trans. Remember, Obama pardoned a commutation, not a pardon. Yep, that's a big a difference. That person's still a felon. Similar, but technically different. Yes, technically different. Their, their sentence was commuted. Yes, it's a big difference, actually. That person still has a felony on their record. So, uh, Shout out to Chelsea Manning, by the way. <clears throat> Uh, here's more, uh, Charlie Kirk. He thinks, he thinks he wants more, uh, people involved in political activism, but if he were to get more people involved in political activism, he wouldn't probably really like it so much. I think part of the issue, and this is human nature. So I want your thoughts on this, on this, as we close out the segment, Kurt, is that the trappings of America, the trappings of Western society, we, we have a lot of wealth, a lot of free time, a lot of luxury. And I think people are afraid, literally afraid to leave comfort and to go into the fight. The only yes. good the only good wrinkle I see out of mass inflation and in America becoming poor is that people might actually be willing to get involved in political activism again. Is because you're actually going to be super poor. And I, I know that sounds really sick and twisted, but it's actually true. It's like, okay, you well, can't go on a vacation. Maybe you should actually fight for your country. Well, you know, you, you look, human human nature is like that. Most people want to live nice, comfortable lives. Unfortunately, uh, and I, I, I think it's going to be a problem for them down the road. The cultural Marxists have decided they Cultural Marxists. Oh, that. just straight up anti-Semitism. Okay. They have to afflict these people. They have to go and hassle them. You know, somebody was saying, you know, somebody, again, another conservative is just not basically goes, well, you know, I'm tolerant. I think we should just live and let live. Dude, I tried living and let living. And you had grown men working in thongs in front of little kids faces don't tell me about tolerance that is not a tolerant this is not what was happening this is drag queens drag queens have like a layers they wear layers me let you live but you gotta let me live and if you're not letting me live we don't have a system it's like and i i I, here's another example you know uh exactly uh, uh, young people go out on a date the guy uh, doesn't buy dinner, and she's like, well, I can't believe he didn't buy dinner. Also, I'm a feminist. Okay, a system. Chivalry's a system. Oh, men's rights activist, too. <clears throat> that was just all kind of fucking stupid. You just lied, <clears throat> and before you go out, I don't know, whoever asks whoever out should buy dinner, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, here's... um. You thought we were going to get through this week without any Matt Walsh, but you're wrong. <clears throat> Matt Walsh on Justin Pearson. Justin Pearson was one of the uh, Tennessee three, the people who were removed from <clears throat> the legislature there and then reinstated. And um, Matt Walsh has, well, he's got a hell of a take on what's going on here. Um, one of the Tennessee three, former representative Justin Pearson, has especially embraced his, uh, his newfound fake hero status. In fact, Pearson has, has reinvented himself totally um, in both look and speech as some sort of 1960s era civil rights figure. That is, um, 
a civil rights figure from the 1960s who happens to speak the gibberish of 21st century leftism. So, for example, here is Pearson just last week delivering a sermon at a Memphis Unitarian Universalist church. Oh, cool. He went to the, uni he went to the Unitarian Universalist church. That's hella cool. Those are the fucking... It's like the super liberal, uh, that's a super liberal, almost like humanist church. If you aren't familiar, maybe you don't know all the denominations of uh, Christianity. What you should know about Unitarian Universalist is that it is not a denomination of Christianity. It's just a fancy way of saying Satanist. Um, as you can, I wouldn't say Satanist. I would say humanist. But he may, Matt may not see the distinction there. See in this clip. Watch. Well, y'all, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I, I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord with you this morning. Would, would you mind going ahead and praying with me now, Mother God, Creator God, loving God, holy God, take this, your servant made from dust and connect it with the raw materials of stardust to speak in this moment, to say something that brings forward the word you've placed into my heart. I accept my unworthiness for such a task as bold as this. This, and I seek your guidance as you use me and speak through me to the ancestor preachers who made sermons from hymns, moans and groans and spirituals from the bondage of slavery. Speak now through this, your descendant. Yeah, it's very interesting because he begins by trying to speak, you know, like a biblical prophet in the King James Version of the Old Testament. Uh, but then he quickly transitions from biblical prophet to a middle-aged white woman reading tarot cards. What? Babbling about Mother God and saying something about how we're all connected by the raw material of stardust. I mean, that's true. We are connected by the raw material of stardust. We are made of star stuff. Essentially, if, uh, it, it's like if a, if a yoga instructor from San Francisco went back in time to the year 85 BC, this is what he would sound like. It's bizarre, and it's unintentionally hilarious, but, but we do have to cut Pearson some slack here. After all, he just invented this persona recently. He's still working out the kinks. He hasn't, he hasn't learned all the lines yet, uh, and, and that's, it's not fair for any actor to just expect them to drop them into a role, and they're going to nail it on the first try. It takes some practice, and he's still practicing. And we know that this is a recent persona for him because there's a video comparison that maybe you've seen. If you haven't, I'll show it to you. It's been making the rounds on social media. I don't know who first put this together, but it's brilliant because it just shows you and illustrates um, how fraudulent these people are. So we see in the video Justin Pearson of 2016 when he was a, a, a young, eager college student. And then uh, we could compare him to Justin Pearson of last week. And let's, here's what that comparison sounds like. Justin J. Pearson, and I'm running for president of BSG. There are a few reasons that we're running this campaign this year. One has to do with representation. How can we represent all voices in a conversation? I wanted to do this by partnering with organizations from the Boone Democrats to the Boone Republicans. I want to bring together different voices, dissenting voices, voices that may be more liberal or more conservative, in order that we can reach a point of sort of the radical middle. Seem like the NRA and gun lobbyists might win. But oh, that was good news for us. I don't know how long this Saturday in the state of Tennessee might last. But oh, we have good news, folks. We've got good news that Sunday always comes. Um, you know, he doesn't, he, he doesn't really sound like a 1960s civil rights figure, which is what he's trying to sound like and look like. 
Uh, he sounds like he's doing a parody of one. You know, this is this is the worst case of blackface that we've seen since. Whoa! No, 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 no! You can't do blackface if your face is black. It's literally impossible. Except that Pearson's actually black. Yeah. And he's still doing blackface. Wait, what? Nevertheless, he, he is performing, and we know he's performing because now we know what he sounded like before the performance started. No, no. How do we know the first one wasn't a performance? It's not at all a convincing performance, of course. In fact, I didn't think I'd see a performance less convincing than Dylan Mulvaney's portrayal of womanhood until Pearson. Oh, you had to throw that in there, too. Really give him a run for his money. This is what the left promotes and encourages. Empty performance taken to comical, almost surreal extremes. You know, they give us heroes and leaders who are cartoons, who are hollow and paper thin, who are, it always turns out, conniving cowards, gutless frauds, and self-aggrandizing performance artists. So people in chat are pointing out it's called code switching. Um, <clears throat> I'm not the right one to talk about it, but luckily enough, I have somewhere to send you. Brandon Bradford on Twitter. I bet a lot of you follow him. He's great. Uh, I met him first in real life when he was a food server at one of my friend's restaurants. He had a great thread about code switching on Twitter. You might want to look it up. It was, it was, <clears throat> you know, I'm pretty woke, but there's definitely stuff in there that I didn't know. But yeah, like he was, it's just code switching. You're, you, and we all do it, actually. Um, we all do it. We talk differently to people at work than we do at the bar. We all code switch. It's just that uh, for black folks, a lot of times it's uh, uh, maybe more important or I don't even know if more important is the word. Like I said, check out Brandon's thread on it. I don't want to like butcher this too badly. And also, if you're not following Brandon Bradford on Twitter, make sure you are. He's a good dude in real life, spreading good, good messages on Twitter. <clears throat> Let's go with uh, Michael Knowles next, because I know that's just what everybody wants is uh, more of the Daily Wire crew as we uh, start to work our way into red light here. This is uh, an event that he did for, he spoke at for Young Americans for Freedom, and he just mad about gay marriage. This is why it is not only cowardly, but extremely foolish of conservatives to cede ground to the libs. I see this especially on the issue of marriage. Many otherwise conservative people will say, oh, Michael, we've got to give up the marriage issue. We lost the debate. We've got to move on. No, no, no. That's yo. Most conservatives are now in favor of gay marriage. They just don't fucking agree with you, dude. They don't think they lost the debate. Most conservatives, most polls show that most people who are registered Republicans are just fucking hunky dory with gay marriage because it happened and then nothing happened to them. And they're like, all right, whatever. Move on to what? Marriage is the fundamental political institution. It is the building block of society. If we give up on marriage, we might as well give up on politics. Also, we didn't lose any debate. <laughs> every time the debate was had, every time the issue of marriage was put up for the people to vote on, even in liberal California, we won. It was only when Anthony Kennedy channeled his inner romantic poet on the Supreme Court bench and declared that the Constitution had secretly redefined marriage 240 years ago before anyone noticed. Regardless of what Anthony Kennedy believes or what anyone else believes for that matter, marriage is the union of a husband and a wife for the sake of the generation and education of children. So what about people who can't have kids? That is not hateful. That is not phobic. No, it's just wrong and you can go fuck yourself actually. Hate gay people, or, or that you. Want but you clearly hate gay people. Like, it, 
I, a lot of people change their fucking mind about marriage. Like a lot of people who are alive today change their mind about this issue. A lot of conservative people change their mind about this issue. Harm people who are a little light in the loafers or whatever. Hey, I'm, all, uh, hey, I'm the only one allowed to say that people are light in the loafers around here, dude. Just a social fact. The union of two men or, or of two women is simply not the same thing as marriage. It is. It's legally, it, it's just a legal contract. If they were the same thing, that would mean that there is no meaningful difference between men and women. And if there's no meaningful difference between men and women, then conservatives have no grounds for opposing any number of other liberal policies, including the issue that everyone is constantly talking about today, transgenderism. Well, yeah, but you, you, y'all did that. Y'all did that. And, um, you don't have to believe there's no difference between men and women to think men can get married to men and women can get married to women. Kind of built into that is that there's difference between men and women. Like, because you're uh, uh, talking about them as separate groups of people. But yeah, like, any two consenting adults who are not already engaged in a marriage contract can now engage in a marriage contract. It's just fucking tough shit. Nobody cares. Like, every time they do polling, the uh, the support for gay marriage is more than the last time they did polling. I think it pulls somewhere in like 70 to 75% now. That's very high for what is supposed to be like what he's trying to uh, feed to us as a divisive issue. And it's not a divisive issue. The, the fucking, we're done with that shit. It's over. And now, um, the head of the Daily Wire, this is a uh, tiny dancer, Ben Shapiro. He's going to talk about. He's going to talk about Clarence Thomas's friend and the Nazi memorabilia. And it's, it's going to be fantastic. And apparently he's a very, very bad man. You're not allowed to be friends with Justice Thomas because apparently they're now accusing him, I'm not kidding you, of being like a Nazi. The reason that is because this is what Nazis do. They make friends with, with Clarence Thomas, that Nazis, famous for loving black people, that this is one of the things they're most famous for. So Kevin Cruz, who is just a ridiculous human being, a pseudo academic over Princeton University who has somehow avoided plagiarism charges that have gotten him kicked out of the university. He tweeted out, I've spent decades of my life researching and writing about white supremacists. And no, I don't have any paintings or statues of them in my house because that's not something you do with the people you hate. What's he talking about there? Well, apparently Harlan Crow collects basically memorabilia from defunct communist and Nazi states. And he has a garden in which he displays these things to show what I didn't hear about the communist stuff. Is there communist stuff out there too? Capitalistic free market and Judeo-Christian ethic has overcome. Apparently this now means you're a fan of these things. So if you own a piece of memorabilia from an evil regime in order to demonstrate to your children, so that people remember for the future, what that evil regime was, this means you're now a fan of that thing. According to, Kevin Cruz. It, it, this, this is the actual thing they're going for. According to the Washingtonian, when Republican megadonor Harlan Crow isn't lavishing Justice Thomas with free trips on his private plane and yacht, he lives a quiet life in Dallas among his historical collections. These collections include Hitler artifacts, two of his paintings of European cityscapes, a signed copy of Mein Kampf, assorted Nazi memorabilia, plus a garden full of statues of the 20th century's worst despots. He said that he's filled his property with these mementos because he hates communism and fascism. Well, I mean, that seems like a reason why you might own this stuff is to remember the things that you hate. That's it. <laughs> but apparently this makes him a Nazi and a, and, a, and a communist. Yo, you can remember that you don't like the Third Reich without having a fucking signed copy of Mein Kampf. I feel like the signed copy of Mein Kampf 
it, it just gives away the game there, baby. You, you No more plausible deniability when you're like, oh, I'm really proud of this signed copy of Mein Kampf that I've had, that I have. My God. Oh, oh no. There's Tiny Dancer Ben talking about fucking Cleopatra. The notion that Cleopatra was black is, is silly. I mean, again, you're allowed to do this Wait, in what? Hollywood because, of course, the only thing that matters is our weird parochially American perception of what race matters. It's super, super strange. By the way, we actually have sculptures of Cleopatra. It's not as though there, there's like nothing to indicate what Cleopatra looked like. There's a Roman sculpture of Cleopatra from like the mid first century around the time of her visits to Rome. And she looks Greek because she was probably Greek. This, like it was Wait, what? The entire Hollywood was Cleopatra probably Greek? I don't know. I'm not a Cleopatraologist, but right. I, well, totally I think this is incorrect. Trying to cast Gal Gadot as Cleopatra. Gal Gadot undoubtedly looked a lot more like Cleopatra than anybody who's being cast in this particular production. Now, again, you can cast however you want, but I've noticed a certain pattern in Hollywood, which is that people who clearly are not black are now being cast as black. But if you ever did the reverse, then it would be then. No way, right? That would be racism of the highest order. In fact, you'll recall that there was a there, there's this Shonda Rhimes show, uh, Bridgerton, in which what, what which is Queen Victoria? Is it? I, I don't watch Bridgerton because I'm a dude and I and I have testicles. So Bridgerton is um you know maybe if you'd watch some TV with your wife that she no I'm gonna let a that show go. for women and uh and also a, a racially strange show in which a bunch of white people are cast as black people sort of like hamilton a bunch of white people are cast as people of color and all the rest and again if we're just gonna do race neutral, neutral casting on everything i'm i'm here for it fine all right that's that's cool but that also means that no we're he'd be mad about that too Luther King. right it also means that we're gonna need christian bale as like booker t washington like the, the but christian bale probably would christian bale you'd be like you want to cast me as who you do it or you don't okay you don't get to make up in this particular case it's even worse because they're actively trying to claim a thing that was not true for purposes presumably of suggesting that there was a whitewashing of cleopatra's history that there was an attempt to whitewash cleopatra probably turning her into a white lady but actually she was probably a black lady i mean what the fuck yeah they probably did try to whitewash cleopatra they tried to whitewash everything. They tried to make every historical figure white. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, why is he so mad? Why does he always get mad when they have a black person doing anything? Black person does something. Ben Shapiro gets pissed. My God. What if, she, what if she just absolutely kills it in the role? Like. All right. We got time for one more. I didn't. This was the, like one of the biggest dockets I've ever had. We s probably got to like a third of it. You can check out the whole docket. Uh, bang docket in the chat or uh, check it out in the show notes. Check out the things we missed. Um, but don't worry. We're going to check in on old Jordy Pete before we go on into red light. Don't worry, everybody. Here's uh, Jordan Peterson. <clears throat> and his guest uh, is probably uh, worse uh, than, than he is. But we'll see here. Everyone is terribly concerned about the suicide rate among uh, kids who are questioning or confused about their gender identity. And of course, we have to always be concerned. One suicide is too many. We're all on the same page about preventing suicide. Okay, but no one is talking about the fact that you know what? Some of the parents are suicidal. What? 
This whole thing mm-hmm. is yep. driving some of the parents to feeling suicidal. And I'm talking about parents who have gone through the most terrible things in their lives. And this issue, this particular ordeal with their child, seeing their child slip away and become someone unrecognizable, both in terms of their personality and their uh, physical persona, and and in, in terms of their future losses, will this child be totally estranged from the family? Is this child- Well, that's up to the family, you horrible lady. Come visit me when I'm sick in the hospital? Well, yes, unless you're a shit to them. Uh, is this child- Even if you are a shit, I bet, you're, but, but a bunch of people were hella shitty to their kids and their kids still visit them in the hospital when they get older. You know, gonna come to their siblings' weddings, are the, are the siblings a bunch of shits? The siblings mistreating their, their trans sibling? If so, yeah, then don't go to their fucking wedding. Fuck their wedding. I can barely imagine anything worse than being in a situation where you're, you have a child who's being pressured by idiot ideologues and potentially your spouse as well to radically transform themselves in an extraordinarily destructive way um, in a manner that's going to echo down the decades that's going to disrupt the entire family structure uh, permanently, and that's going to- It only disrupts the family structure if the family is uh, t- disgustingly uncool. Turn the person you love into something like a confused monstrosity. Whoa, dude, yo. That- you just, yo, yo, oh, that's fucking horrible. That's fucking hor- a monstrosity? and that you are powerless and made powerless as well by the courts to do anything about it, and also subject to the punishment of law if you dare to voice your anti-transition opinion. I mean, that's okay. a pretty dismal corner. Oh, he's lying about C-16 again. He had to slip in a lie about both C-16. I know that's what he was talking about. <clears throat> like, yo, it maybe <clears throat> now, it's just my opinion here. Um, but maybe the monstrosities are the ones who mistreat members of their family who are transitioning or gay, even gay, queer, or just different. Maybe those are the fucking monstrosities. But it isn't really about how they look. It's about how they fucking behave. Maybe monstrosity is, maybe the monstrosity is the behavior. And I want to give a shout out here to Bad Stats, because in this anti-IDW critique sphere, um, a lot of these people will not talk about People like Jordan Peterson, Sam Harris, et cetera, et cetera, and how they're just raging transphobes. It's like the third rail in the uh, marketplace of ideas for a lot of people in the critique sphere. And up until this, I don't think I'd seen the bad stats use the word transphobia. And so, and people were like, hey, you know, this is another reactionary, like um, another podcast that we think is reactionary because they refuse to um, confront people on their um transphobic bigotry and um i think that the people who said that were wrong i think that um you know just by saying that it that these people are transphobic and these parents are transphobic and that it's bad for their kids that this person came down on the right side of this even if it took them longer than i would have expected or would have liked they did come down on the right side of this and so that's good and um, I wish other people in the IDW critique sphere, people who have a podcast, maybe that share a lot of listeners with the intellectual dollar tree would come down 
on the right side of this issue at some fucking point. And I think I, I'm, I don't think I'm hiding who I'm talking about here. Um, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw them under the bus because I think there's still hope for them. At least one of them. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Plex. That was a two hour uh, show. Anybody who's checking this out on the podcast, make sure you follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. Subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash Echoplex. Or you can go to eplex.store and subscribe there. And if you subscribe there, you get all the same shit the patrons get. And you get a discount on any of the swag in our swag shop. And um, I guess that's been a show. And um, uh, I would like to uh, thank everybody for hanging out here and apologize to everybody. Right now, I'm going to change the content of my beverage. Turn the lights red in the studio, and we're going to go into red light. we got some proper insanity for red light. <laughs>